As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. But uh, let's start this bad boy off. Welcome, everybody, to Alive with our very special guest, a longtime friend, mentor, whatever you want to call him. It's probably true. No filter with Zach Peter, the one and only with a new haircut. What's up, Zach? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forget that people aren't used to me with dark hair. He's in his villain era. What are you going to do? I I mean, I'm always in my villain era, but like now we've upped the ante. Yeah, down the aesthetic man. Embodying it. Yeah. Now the carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, the carpet is platinum. Oh, well, there you go. So the carpet well, matches the drapes. That's but, inside uh, information. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to say this, but this is the first time that we've had Zach on our show, which I never oh, yeah. even knew until Zach pointed it out. But that's because for in our defense when we tend to do lives, you invite, you're like, Hey, do you want to go live? And I'm like, yeah. And I think one time I was like, Hey, do you want to go live? And then you set it up to your page anyway. So it's not that we didn't want to have you on. <laughs> it was just the, <laughs> the details got a little messy. That's all. But we thought we'd get together tonight and talk a little Beverly Hills because it's been a, I think it's been a solid season. Shooter agrees as well, but we would love to get your takes on this season. So to start it off, what do you think so far? Are you enjoying it? What's going on with you? Um, I think it's been a solid season. It, it started off really strong. I feel like we're, we're hitting a bit of a lull. I feel like Spain didn't give us very much other than Merce, who I'm glad has now been set free and out of the Ziploc bag. Um, but I mean, listen, love a good drunk Erica, but I feel like aside from those moments, we didn't really have much. Oh, I guess we had Anne-Marie and Crystal, but like, who really cares about, you know, anything I just feel like the two of them haven't been bringing much. You don't I think like that Crystal's up it? I mean, Crystal's finally upped it, but I agree. It's only because Anne Marie's made her relevant. So you agree with her comment? Where I she's agree. like, you should thank me. Oh, wow. That is your villain era. I don't know if I like your villain era. I, there is some, I feel like there's some merits of what Zach said, though, because we did need somebody to bring Crystal out. Yes. It's not like she just came out on her own, which once she hopefully once she's, you know, out and about and actually stirring up some shit, she'll stay out there. She's not going to go back into her shell and kind of you know take a step back. That's what we want. We want everybody to perform. Yeah, yeah Listen, Crystal's been underperforming until now, and now we're really seeing Crystal come into her own. And, you know, hopefully it's enough to keep her around. Would you keep her around based on what you've seen thus far this season? <sighs> no, because I think she is finally finding her voice within the group. Yes, she doesn't have a strong chemistry with a lot of the women in the group. And we don't get a lot of rich storyline. And I just don't care about her brother. I'm sorry. I know she loves him very much. I don't care about her brother. Give me some rich storylines. Let me, you know, see your marriage. Let me see something other than, you know... I mean, she doesn't even throw good parties for being Beverly Hills. Her Taco Tuesday, whatever thing was, uh, I've thrown better. Well, I will say uh, to the Anne Marie part of it, I actually, I've liked Crystal this season. I agree as far as with 
hip hop Rob, like I would like to see more of their marriage and like their life. It's got to be interesting. Like they're, I, yeah. I follow her on Instagram. They're always doing fun shit. Like they're always going to the cool events or they're in different countries, stuff like that. Like I would like to see that dynamic a little bit more and not so much. I, I actually like Jeff. Do you think she's not, do you think she's not willing to show any of that? Or do you think Rob is putting his foot down and not letting them show any of that? Or what do you I think the dynamic is? I don't think it's that interesting. Maybe it's not, oh, but it doesn't seem like she's really it's... trying a whole lot. No, like I feel like she's kind of just phoning it in. We need yeah. somebody to bring the energy because I feel like the only one that's really brought it this season is Sutton. But I feel like Sutton yeah. always shows up. Sutton knows when to clock in and she'll always give. But the hard thing is when Sutton has to constantly, you know, push the storylines forward, then it just it also comes across a little too forced. I think that's what happened to Lisa Rin in her later seasons is she just started overperforming. And I feel like Sutton will fall into that rut if the other women don't start stepping up. And then the audience will likely turn on Sutton down the line because it's going to be like, oh, she's always stirring the pot or, oh, she's always doing this. But it's like, no, somebody has to fucking work. And Erica, listen, she's clocked. She's checked out. Kyle's checked out. Dorit's way checked out. Um, that I'm like, we need somebody to step it up. So at least, even though Anne-Marie hasn't been the best addition this season, um, she's at least you know, been driving something. I'm tired of the fucking esophagus, but at least she's driving something. Uh, My problem is that at least like, who do you bring in to try to freshen it up? Because their best answer was, oh, you know what? We got rid of Rinna. Let's bring in Anna Marie and just see what happens here. Like she's like, is that really the best that you have to offer? You couldn't bring in somebody better that knows everybody that can drive a storyline that knows their way around reality TV. I think the plan was to bring in Brandy and Caroline Manza screwed that up. And oh, really? I think, yeah, Brandy, oh, Brandy, Brandy screwed that up. Uh, I mean, Brandy's Brandy, but I'm not, I'm, I'm leaning, I, I, like the rest of the Ultimate Girls Trip Morocco cast, I'm leaning more towards Brandy than I am Caroline. Okay. Um, but I mean, listen, they brought in Anne-Marie, but like you said, you need to bring in someone that knows all the, they brought in Camille and that didn't go anywhere. They brought in Denise and she was a total flop that I just feel like, you know, I don't even know who they bring in at this point to save it. I mean, we need Rena or Teddy. I don't need either of them. You, <laughs> as soon as you Teddy, said that, you started Teddy laughing. Would be so bad though. Teddy would at least fit back in and it would sort of be seamless to an extent. Teddy so it would might be- do something. Teddy would only be interesting because she has a history with Crystal. Right. She knows 14 friends that Crystal lost and she has a genuine friendship with Kyle and she still talks to Dorit and Erica that at least Teddy would have some sort of, and Teddy and, and Sutton have never gotten along. Teddy and Garcelle don't get along that I think Teddy coming in, at least she has a fabric that ties her to each of the women. Um, and I think it would probably make Crystal perform a bit because she is still friends with Crystal. Karen says that she will not watch if Teddy comes back. So, All right, Karen. Way to be a typical <laughs> Karen, Karen. <laughs> oh, God. But I, I do have to ask, do you think that Anne-Marie was brought on because they were worried that Kyle yes. wouldn't have backup this season? No, I think Anne-Marie was brought on because they needed somebody to add something interesting to the mix. And they were just like, I mean, never have we found somebody that they throw in halfway and decide to give them a diamond in the end. You know, I think yeah. they were just like, we need somebody to do something. If nobody's clocking in and Sutton's the only one that's really trying to drive anything, and even that can become fatiguing when there's only one person that's trying to drive the train, you know, I think they brought in Anne-Marie maybe to kind of help Kyle a bit, but 
I don't, she's not really helping Kyle as much as she's fighting her own battles now. Well, we're hearing from Karen again. And what about the idea of bringing back LVP? Would you be open no, to that? I think that time has passed only because now I feel like LVP has become too much of a producer. She was always yeah. very much producing the show when she was on the show originally, but now that she has like Vanderpump rules, I just think even when she says like, oh, now that you guys have gotten rid of Rinna, get rid of a few more and then I'll consider returning. Like she just tries to play her own rules too many times. And I just don't think that works. I mean, that's why Denise was a total flop. Is it because Denise wanted the show to be on her terms the way she wanted it? And, you know, obviously that worked out well. She's selling feet pictures on OnlyFans. Yeah, did we know how much the feet pics are? Or you um, just gonna have to ask I think I paid like $12 for a bundle. Okay. Oh, that's right. You did the, the you did your homework. But I got the coochie for nine. So that was the steal. Oh, wow. Wait, All right. The feet cost That doesn't more? make any sense. Well, it was a bundle. It was a bundle. It's one picture. It was a bundle. It was her watering the grass in the mountains. And she had her... <laughs> She had her boobs out and she had her feet out and she was doing all the things. It was a, it was a full bundle. There was videos and photos in it. So that was the $12 bundle. Oh, well, good for you, Zach. Right. I'm glad you got the uh, way to support. You know, you're, you're always supportive. That's something about you I've always liked. You're always a very supportive yeah. person. So appreciate I appreciate that. Subscribed but to Brandy's and to Larsa's and to Leah McSweeney's. How? You're just, so you just spending uh, it all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Are you straight? This is starting. Yeah. Are you sure? You're starting to sound a little straight, Zach. You're starting to sound just a little bit straight. uh, Denise Richards was the best, like, buck. The best, like, bundle for your buck. Okay. So for any of our listeners out there that were were wondering which one to buy. Yeah, nobody else gave coochie. And listen, after you subscribe to Denise Richards, you're going to realize Lisa Renna wasn't the only one with some iconic lips. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you should do the marketing for Denise. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great know, not line. To, not to derail this conversation. By the way, subscribe to Zach's new podcast. It's uh, Rating Housewives Only Fans with Zach Peter. <laughs> but um, I want to talk about Kyle this season uh, because I feel like, given that we know that she's going through this shit with Mo, we've obviously seen all the Morgan Wade stuff play out throughout this season. It's a little frustrating to me that we're getting zero out of it. We're not talking about it. We finally got into it a little bit this episode. We have this, what seems to me like a forced conversation between her and Dorit just to bring it up, I guess. But I'm annoyed because I feel like this is something that we all want to know about. It's been cryptic since before the season started. We've heard cheating rumors about Mo, obviously we don't have a whole lot of info and instead of talking about it, they're constantly just like skating around it. And it's starting to get to a point where it's like, when are we going to dive into this? Are we going to dive into it? like the seasons only got a few more episodes left. So what do you think of Kyle's storyline this season? Like, do you think that she should be talking about it more? Or do you think we're about to get a big reveal? Uh, well, I think we only have like two episodes left this season. There's this upcoming yeah. episode and then the big white party. Um, I mean, I just don't understand. Andy Cohen did say that the finale is really good and it made him cry. I think it's because we really see them finally be open and honest about their marital issues. We're starting to kind of see some of the cracks. It makes me think of like how many of these scenes did we get of them in prior seasons that just didn't make it to air, right? Because their relationship, I'm sure they filmed these scenes before. It just never fit the story, right? Yep. Nor did it ever fit like this perfect marriage that Kyle and Mauricio have. 
And now I feel like the editors are just picking apart all of the scenes with Kyle and Mauricio now, now that they know that there's really trouble that comes by the end of it all. I do think she should be more open and honest about it. Like if that's her story, that's the thing that I think I don't love this season is we don't have any strong personal storylines, you know? Like uh, the only one that I would consider the strongest is maybe Erica's because we kind of see this as her putting her life back together and going on this Vegas residency. But like um, Doree and her PTSD and her issues with PK, I just feel like we're dragging that out. And um, we get nothing of Anne-Marie. We get nothing of Garcelle. We get nothing of Crystal other than her brother. And that's not interesting to me. I'm happy he's going to Thailand. That way she has to stand on her own next season if she comes back we'll see i just i do think kyle should have been more open but that's not necessarily kyle's job as much as that is the producer's job to push into that to lean into that story a little bit more yeah and i feel like there was a really good opportunity and obviously you know like Steele said at the end of the episode it looks like we're kind of getting into it she had a really good opportunity to do that while they were casting what was it casting flowers away into the sea try to leave things behind and she Mm -hmm. even said it in her confessional she's like i really want to be open and honest with these women but i can't and then you go back to eagle woman in the first episode and she couldn't do it then so this has been going on for long enough it's just kyle's not willing to open up about it now she is in her confessional now she is in the last two episodes so i guess that's kind of what's going on and i wonder if it's honestly because we didn't get the word about mauricio and kyle until towards the end of them filming so it could just be sort of like a catch-up effect that we she was trying to dodge. Maybe she just never intended on sharing this on TV ever, but she couldn't outrun it. So now she's addressing it now. So that's the only thing that I can think of, but it's really frustrating. I think she was skating through the season, lightly touching on it, but not expecting it to go very deep, which again, I take back to the producers. She gave you the pieces there. It's their job to then follow that story, which they didn't seem to do until it really became a story in the press. Um, and I mean, to your point about her talking about it in her confessionals, those are filmed way after the fact. So yeah, she's yeah. only then having to address it in her confessionals because it came out. So now they're editing that into these episodes, whereas we weren't even getting any of that. The interesting thing, too, is I saw this. Somebody pointed it out, I think, on Twitter, that there was a whole day of Spain that they completely didn't air. Like they had really chopped this Spain trip down pretty quickly. And that just goes to show that there's not a whole lot going on with these women. Yeah. And I mean, with the Kyle and Mo stuff where you guys are saying like, maybe it was later in the season, then why was all the Morgan Wade stuff in it? Because that's going to make you think that something's going on regardless. So if that's the case, like why would they film all of that with the intention of being like, Oh, something going on. They know they film for like six days a week. So they're filming everything. This is why I say in prior seasons, they probably have footage of Kyle and Mauricio having these awkward conversations. It just didn't fit whatever the storyline was yeah. for that season. Because each of the women's filming multiple days a week, but we're on, like I said, for, for Spain, we only saw it for the past, what, two or three episodes, but there was a whole day that didn't even make it into the footage that they completely just left on the cutting room floor. So there, and this is a shorter 
season. I think the season total is only 17 episodes. So there was a lot that was left that I think now after everything came out in the press, they went back through all of the footage and are now just trying to piece together any little sliver of like the tattoo conversation of Mauricio not knowing how many tattoos Kyle has. I don't think that would have made the air had we not known about their issues. It wouldn't have been yeah. relevant. Like, what does it matter? Oh, it's yeah, a dumb point. Not really, you know. Whereas now I think they're just trying to find any little nugget that they can. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point too. And and to go with what you were saying with what Steele just asked, the Morgan Wade of it all, I mean, she claims that that's one of her best friends. So we would have seen Morgan regardless. I think the editing comes into play there. And that's what Zach was just talking about, where you get that little clip of Kyle staring longingly from the stage, looking at Morgan warming up for the... the uh, the life festival for her friends, like all of those things that you can see, like the context clues. And obviously we're watching this like a fucking Eagle, just trying to spot any sort of difference or any sort of maybe romantic involvement between Kyle and Morgan. We wouldn't have done that if we didn't know anything was going on with Kyle. And no, it may have raised an eyebrow here and there, but they're not going to edit those little things, those little exchanges, like that whole thing with, Oh yeah, I know that you don't like to eat cantaloupe. Like we wouldn't have seen any of that. It wouldn't have been important because it doesn't mean anything to us. It's like, oh yeah, these are just friends over here. They wouldn't have gone that extra mile. So I think that's what they're doing now by going back. Or even the scene where they were playing that game and Kyle's asking the other women if they would ever date another woman. I think right. it's stuff like that that I don't think would have made it into the show had it not been, you know, what we're all like on the edge of our seats wanting to know about. That's interesting you guys have that stance. I I don't. I think that this Morgan Wade stuff, even if the Kyle and Mo shit didn't pop off, I genuinely think that the angle that production was trying to take was to imply that something was going on with Kyle and Mo via Morgan Wade. There's no way you can't put in the the tattooing Kyle or Kyle tattooing Morgan Wade. You can't not put that in and that's going to raise a million questions. The fact that Kyle's putting our initial on Morgan that scene alone is going to make people go, wait, what's going on with these two? Because that's a very personal thing to ink somebody's body permanently with your initial. And to you to do it to them also says a lot. So maybe the route they were trying to take was just like, ooh, is Kyle like thinking about Morgan in a certain way without trying to drag Mo into it? But I just don't see how you could do that. Like the Morgan Wade thing is, is captivating. I mean, look at social media when it was popping off it's all you saw it's all we talked about so i just i don't know if there's a way that you can't show the morgan wade stuff even the would you date a woman conversation that they have like that i think you still put in there just because morgan and kyle are so tight and then you put into the mix that dorit's kind of gotten shoved out to the side i don't know i feel I don't know if they were trying to avoid this topic or if they were trying to imply it. And then they got more info with Mo and Kyle, but now they're not getting anything out of Kyle. So it kind of backfired. I don't think they're trying, they were trying to imply it only because then we would have seen them push the other women to talk about this and bring it up on camera. Like what people don't realize is when you see all these scenes, like at Garcelle's party where her, her screening, and then you see the sit down with Sutton and Kyle that are talking about the other night, that's not Sutton and Kyle saying, Oh, let's sit down and talk about the other night. That's the producer saying, Hey, we're going to film you guys sitting together 
We have the lights set up over there. You're guys, you guys are going to talk about what happened at Sutton's house two nights ago. And then they both sit down and they know the topic that they're supposed to discuss and they go and they discuss that. So the producers very much are, they know what they're trying to capture as the show is going on. I think we would have more of the women, Sutton and Garcelle especially, um, asking these questions and having a lunch scene of being like, isn't it weird that Kyle now has a K on her arm? Like, isn't that strange? Like, what's going on with her and... and uh, and Morgan Way. Like, I think those scenes with the other women pushing that on camera, we would have had, which we don't because none of the women have really addressed it. Sutton's attempted to. Kyle seemingly shut it down. Or is that yeah, more? Garcelle did too. Garcelle did at the weed dinner talking about the ex- the ring too. So everybody knows that there's something about, going on with the marriage. Not about Morgan. About the not marriage. about Morgan. Not about Morgan. Yeah, well, but everybody's the ma- known okay, the whole time right. yeah, about the right. marriage. Yeah. My bad. You're correct. I was I was mixing the two up. I think I think but, case in point with that is just we know Dorit. Dorit is not a very good actress. She is really bad in all of those scenes. We know you're letting on a little less than you know, Dorit. We know what's going on. Like it, everything from pretty much the pretty woman thing up until now. It's like, all right, every time that Dorit is sitting with Kyle, it's like, all right, you're a plug just to get Kyle to start talking about Mo and her marriage. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I don't and I think, think we Morgan saw that. Wade, yeah, I don't think the Morgan Wade thing was a thing until like they taped the music video and all of that started to really kind of become a thing on social media. Because think about it, the season wrapped in May and the Morgan yeah. Wade stuff didn't really blow up until over the summer, which is when they had to go in and start to film everything because then Kyle had to address that her and Mo are separated. Whereas on the show, she's kind of just saying, oh, we're having a rough year. But she's never actually said we're separated. Yep. That's actually good. Okay. I hear you there. I'm, I'm curious. I would love to get like the, the production notes on like mapping out the season or the flow charts. We always ask for flow charts. We haven't gotten any yet. Flow charts We're still great. waiting. Flow charts would be great and make our jobs a lot easier. But uh, I would be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, your favorite, Erica Jane. Now, <laughs> recently in the past two episodes, she's taken umbrage with the other ladies in the group because they have not apologized to her that she won her appeal about the earrings. Now, I would love for you to give your take on this because as we all know, you are Erica yeah. Jane's number one fan. So <laughs> let's hear it. Um, I mean, listen, I understand. One, I think she maybe has a little too high of an expectation of these women, right? Um, I don't think, because I think from their lens, they're still like, no, you should still give up the earrings. Like, why are you even, why do you care about the earrings? The earrings aren't yours to begin with. 
Whereas in her head, she has, you know, the legal case ahead of her. And I think for her, it's more of just like, see, I kept telling you guys for the last two seasons, give me time and grace for these legal things to work themselves out. And this was kind of like the first big victory for her to be like, see, at least now you guys see, I'm not as guilty as you were implying by asking me all these questions when I said I couldn't talk about it then. And I told you, just give me time. And eventually this will all sort itself out and all of your questions will be answered. So I feel like it's a bit of a high expectation to expect them to apologize to her. But I think she was just looking for some sort of like acknowledgement of like, yeah, maybe, you know, I, I you were right in the sense that like, we just needed to give you a little more time, but it didn't make sense in the world of reality TV to give her more time. It made sense to question and poke and prod and exploit it on the show for the sake of entertainment. And that's what they, the women were doing. Yeah. I think that the only person when you're going back that actually insinuated that she might have something a little more to do with the grand scheme of things with what happened with Tom was Sutton. Sutton's the only one who was like, yeah, you know what? You're not innocent. I don't know what the hell's going on. The other women were just trying to get her to show some empathy for the people who died. That's really all they were doing. And yeah, Garcelle did have a sticking point about the earrings, but you know, the earrings sort of symbolized everything else that was going on. So, you know, why are you holding on to this and not saying that you're sorry or, you know, you're upset that people died or people were wronged or whatever it may have been. That's really all it was. So, I, yeah, I don't see Garcelle apologizing. I don't see anybody else. Sutton probably doesn't even remember that she did that. Let's be honest. She has no clue what's going on at that point. Like, this is a year later. She has no idea that she even did that. She probably doesn't rewatch the season. We know that, too. This is just kind of par for the course for her. I think they're just missing each other. I think, like you said, Eric is expecting this apology, and it doesn't really make any sense because these women aren't going to apologize to her because they're not even thinking about that. In their minds, they're like, well, you didn't show any empathy, so why do I owe you an apology? And that's yeah. where they're missing each other. But they do, that's the thing is they congratulate her and they're like, good job. You know, that's a big step, but they're not going to apologize for the fact that they said things last year. I think she was expecting them to have a bigger reaction, considering how right. much a reaction they had originally, especially about the earrings. Crystal, I was actually surprised to see Crystal apologize to Erica. Yeah, so uh, was I. Which, listen, that, that shows that, you know, Crystal was willing to kind of, you know, give Erica a little bit more grace, um, considering she did come for her really hard in Aspen last year about the earrings. And listen, I, I know people feel so many different types of ways about the earrings, um, but I also want to make it very clear because I feel like people are, you know, not as, they're a little dense, and they don't realize that should Erica give up, <laughs> and I say that from the bottom of my heart, they don't realize, and the part of the reason Erica is fighting for these earrings in court is because even if the earrings do move forward and the, the trustee is able to liquidate them, that money is not guaranteed to go to any victim. The money goes to the creditors. The creditors are people that have loaned Tom money, lots of bank lenders, lots of those bank lenders that are doing some of the same shit that Tom Girardi's been doing. What we find out is that Tom wasn't just mixing, allegedly, mixing up the money within his own company at Girardi Keys and his other shell companies, but we find out there were other people like these bank lenders that also seem to have allegedly been moving money around. They're the first ones in line to get paid through the bankruptcy trustee. So that's why when they flash back to Crystal last season and she's like, give up the earrings. And Erica's like, and what do you think is that's going to solve? And she's like, it's going to help pay the victims back. And Erica's like, no, it's not. 
And it's because it's not liquidating those earrings. The money's already been liquidated. And the two cases that people reference the most are the Rui Gomez family, which is the burn victim, Joe Rui Gomez, who we saw in The Housewife and The Hustler on Hulu, and then the orphans and widows, both of which are the orphans and widows have already been paid. They've already received their money. That case has been taken care of. Their attorneys trying to sue for more money. They were they were. Do $2 million that Girardi Keys did not pay to them. They've since been paid their $2 million, And now their attorney is suing for $50 million, which is not technically what they're entitled to. But, you know, it's a big it's a big net to hopefully gain a little bit to um, one take himself and to also give them a little extra money. Um, and then the other one is the Rui Gomez family. And that was $11 million. And that's since being settled by the trustee. But... Those are the only two victim cases that would be at the forefront because there are all these other people that are claiming that they were former clients, but they don't actually have cases that they've been able to prove or showcase that they weren't um, that they weren't actually owed any or not given all the money that they were entitled to. Um, Evelyn, I do not work for Erica. I just happen to be somebody that <laughs> knows how to how to read and happens to use my my critical thinking brain. So I've read the court documents. I've talked to attorneys, and if you listen to my show, you'll know that I've even interviewed the California State Bar. I've interviewed former clients of Girardi Keys. I've interviewed former employees of Girardi Keys. So I've studied this very well. That if you have an intelligent argument you would like to bring to the table, I'm happy to discuss it. <laughs> Zach, be nice to our listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should see how you should see how it is when they come for me in my own comments. I'm like, we have something to say. By the way, that was me gaslighting you with that comment. I knew that was going to incite some kind of response. So, look, we all know that you're an Erica Jane uh, apologist, and we love you for that. But look, I have not always apologized for her. I'm, I've held her I'm accountable. Just, I know. Look, to your credit. Zach is probably the utmost expert on this because, I mean, you could say it's because of his love for Erica, but also when this was all happening, you were fairly objective about it. I remember going through the whole process and you were waiting for things to come out. So to all of our listeners, like Zach really has done his homework on this. So he is very knowledgeable on the topic. I just like to give you shit because it's funny, but at the yeah. same time, like, and I'll give, <laughs> I'll give Erica a little bit of a pass because she only learned what empathy was like six months ago because her therapist explained it to her. So, but my whole thing with it is it frustrates me that she's made so many, so many leaps and bounds in her life. Like I love the Erica that we're seeing this season because the side of her that I think we needed to see, especially after last year. Like it's a softer side. It's an understanding side. She doesn't get all amped up. She's able to navigate chaos much better than she has in the past. She's not jumping into the fights. She's saying a lot of really funny one-liners. She's making very salient points. So I like the Erica that we're getting, but because of that, it's almost like I expect a little bit more when it comes to stuff like this, when she's like, why are they not apologizing? It's like, all right, can you see why they're yeah. still like, yeah, but great, you like want, good for you. You, want you too won the much appeal. Too soon, Steel. You're 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 being too. Uh, no, you're being too <laughs> brash. That. She just I'm learned analytical. what empathy was like a couple of weeks ago. Let's relax. Yeah, Let's right. pump the brakes. Yeah, She's now been great this weeks. season. I was. I'm even willing to give her an episode or two here if she wants to be a little petty. That's great. That because that, that's good for TV. And it doesn't mix yeah. it up. If she's not being really petty every single fucking episode and it gets annoying, then that's one thing. But she's allowed to get a little petty here and there. Yeah. Listen, the and I've always, I just, I've always, 
I've always said people don't have to like Erica. Her likability and her culpability legally are two completely different things. You can hate Erica. I'm glad that some people are appreciating her sense of humor, Steele. But like, you know. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. I was trying to say, like, can you see how, like, I was... I think that it's great that when she claps back now or gets frustrated or has a moment, it hits much harder because we're not seeing them as frequent. So I actually appreciated the fact that she's holding this grudge. You two assholes. I wasn't saying that. I was trying to say that looking at it from like an outsider looking in can I'm more curious as to why Erica can't see their side of things. That's all. Oh, I'm not like saying your tone. I'm not enjoying your the tone, Your tone was off. You weren't happy talking about that. You were like, eh. You know? All, you, why, your, tone, you it's talk, all, your tone, it's all wrong. You're talking to my man all wrong. <laughs> but let's move on to, uh, I want to talk to you about Dorit. Because I'm done. I'm fed up. I want her off the show. I, I don't need need her there anymore. And this whole thing with PK, their marriage, their relationship, their friendship, whatever you want to look into with these two, it seems so overly produced when they're in front of the camera. I think that we get glimpses of how Dorit actually feels in her confessional, which is, you know, weeks, months later, potentially. I think then we get her kind of getting frustrated at certain things PK is doing, but then we see them, side by side it's like oh my bubble like all the fucking baby talk and all that nonsense so i guess what's your stance with her like especially watching this season specifically like how do you feel about dorit like the drama she's gotten into with garcelle xyz what you got i mean i like dorit but i just feel like she's not well i mean she has her moments right and i don't think people give her enough credit for her moments like last season Homeless, not toothless, was the best thing. Yeah, but last season, homeless, not toothless. We had her Jamie Lee Curtis wind chime moment. Like Dorit gives us moments that still that we still reference and talk about in terms of like personal storyline. We don't really get, but like we've never really gotten that from her. Remember, like there was this the season where there. finances were pulled into question and their accounts were being frozen and you know they were kind of talking about that but not really but i mean dorit's giving what dorit's always really given us um i did love dorit like her first season when she would come at erica i thought that those were great when she would fight with rena when she would fight with erica like those that dorit i wish we could have back because she really and she, we see glimpses of it right i feel like the, the hard part is she goes after an opponent like Garcelle, who I just don't think she's ever going to win with, you know? And I think she needs somebody that she can spar with that isn't going to immediately, you know, lean into the victimhood, which Garcelle's really good at when she wants to dodge something. And Garcelle's consistently done that for several seasons now, where when she doesn't want to get messy, she immediately um, slides into the victim role a little bit, which I don't love because Garcelle has the potential to be such a great housewife. We've seen glimpses of it. She's great in her confessionals. I want the Garcelle that wrote that email when her husband cheated on her, and she wrote that fucking email to everybody in his company letting everyone know what a sleazeball her husband was i want that garcelle i want garcelle to let her guard down and but the hard part is i think these women don't have and this is why we feel such a disconnect with so many of of them is they don't have these genuine relationships like they're all kind of just become women that are cast on this show trying to do their job 
Yeah, and I but think we see for the opponents to really bring out that villain in Dorit again. I wish she would just lean into the villain again because I think she got so beaten up by the cast that she, you know. Yeah, but don't you think the producers should do that? Because like we're not getting anything from anybody right now except for Sutton pushing the storyline. Like you said, Dorit works well when there's a lot of other things going on and there's a really captivating story because we're going to get some dumb comment that she just throws around like the wind chime or whatever it might be. She doesn't work in an environment where there's no real storyline to sink your teeth into because then all of a sudden everybody's under a magnifying glass. Obviously, you look at Anne-Marie, you go, yeah, what is she doing here? She can go. I don't even have time to give her a full season to figure things out. We just want her off right away. Dorit, you've been around forever. People start to look back and you're like, yeah, you've had a couple of things go here and there. But in the last like four or five seasons, what have you actually done? You don't share any personal storylines. Nobody cares about the PK thing. You started off last season with the the break in and, you know, that drug on for way too long and it's spilled into this season. There's not a lot there. So is she worth having on the show anymore? And I think that's the question that everybody keeps asking themselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, Dorit has such potential. I think what it is, is her early season, she got so beaten up by the fans that she's afraid to lean back into that villain role. Whereas someone like Eric is like, I don't give a shit. You want to yeah. ask me as the villain? You know, here I am. Bring back Diana Jenkins. You know, oh, I just feel like... <laughs> okay, well, that's a question for you guys. Diana Jenkins or Anne Marie? Who would you rather bring back for another season? Fuck, oh. That's an impossible question. Diana Jenkins, I think. And Marie. At least she tried. At least she tried. I mean, she yeah. didn't go to the reunion, but she tried <laughs> to do to something. Reunion. And she's oh wait, no, 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 never mind, never mind. I don't want to see her lick her lips. She's got to figure out the lip situation. Yeah, dude. After that, you know, if she figures that out, she can come back, and Anne Marie could go. Don't you start doing it? <laughs> I no, Zach's over there. Oh, like, I saw Zach doing it. Yeah, no. right yeah, knock it off. Uh, I honestly, Anne Marie, I can't put up with that. Like. Watching her last year, I think partly because I was excited. I think both shoot. This was the first show that we ever did was Beverly Hills last season. So I was so excited that she was coming into it. And like, she was like, oh, you wanted a villain? Here's your villain. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like we got somebody really leaning into this villain role. That's exciting. And then she kind of fizzled out. And then when she came after Sutton, I think that was like the nail in the coffin for me. Watching that go down in Aspen last season was genuinely difficult to watch like that whole scene sucked and nobody spoke up on Sutton's behalf like that was really really bad not fun in my opinion so yeah. she can kick rocks Anne Marie is more of a like whatever like when she's on the screen it's annoying because she keeps pushing the esophagus line and I actually yeah. part of me is curious if she hadn't gotten stuck on that would we see a different Anne-Marie? Would we see her kind of get her footing a little bit earlier and maybe figure this role out rather than, because Shooter's theory on it, and I actually really like this theory, was that she watched a bunch of seasons previously and did her homework and came into this season going, all right, I'm going to go at so-and-so with this because I saw how they reacted prior. So like she came in locked and loaded and took aim at Sutton and got stuck on an esophagus. Like, did that do her dirty? Is there more to Anne-Marie? And should she have another season to try to figure something out? Or is she one and done? I never like one and done housewives because we don't really get to see who they are. We don't get to see too much of their backstory. We don't get to see enough of their family life. We just kind of see whatever drama they're encompassed in 
that first season. And sometimes housewives have a great first season like Leah McSweeney. And sometimes they have a terrible first season like Diana Jenkins. Um, So I usually think like at least give them two, I think ideally three seasons to really see who this housewife is. Like Crystal, we finally gotten to see her and now I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. And, or for some people that's a jury, right? Where they're just like, all right, she's not giving us anything. We can move on. Um, I don't think Anne-Marie came in with an agenda to come after anybody, but I think when she went to that first dinner, she was kind of thrown, you know, straight into the lion's den and she kind of saw all these women coming at Kyle. So I think she immediately aligned herself with Kyle, saw Sutton was one of the biggest people coming at Kyle and then decided to make Sutton her target. I think it was weird the way that they presented her too. They had her come into a huge group setting and you're a, you're a housewife. You're not a friend of like, yeah, I could see a friend of being introduced that way. But all the new housewives in the past, we usually start off with them in their home with their family or yeah. they come to a lunch with just a few of them. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is my friend Anne-Marie. Like, this is what she does. And that's usually what we see in this way. We're just like, oh, yeah, the third, fourth episode. Let's just throw her at this weed party. Most people are even going to recognize that she's actually a housewife. They still think she's a friend of at this point. Why are we being introduced to her now? And you expect her to perform there. And there's a lot of pressure. I'm not making excuses for her, but there's a lot of pressure for her to want to perform in a big environment like that. And she honed in on the wrong thing. And if she did what I'm implying that she may have done, which is looking back at other seasons and saying, oh, I can say that Crystal told me this and nobody's going to be able to refute it. She went at Sutton, but Sutton's a completely different Sutton than we saw even two, three years ago. Sutton has come into her own now where she, she doesn't get flustered by people just going after her. She can let it brush off, and maybe it's because she's closer with Garcelle, with Crystal. She's a little bit more positioned in the group now, but there's a lot of things that she could have done, and I think that if she just eased herself in and if she had somebody coaching her to do that, it would have been better. I think she just came out too hot, and then she got stuck on it, and that's her own fault for doing that for four or five episodes because we'll never forgive her for it. Yeah. Well, I think that it's interesting how you framed, we bring new housewives in, usually it's the intro with their family. Now, there might be some extenuating circumstances as to why we didn't see those scenes, as we know that there's some information out there, allegedly, about her husband. So maybe I there were those they, scenes. You don't I think don't so? Think they those scenes. No, because even the way they integrated her was so, and Erica said that from the beginning, they're like, she said, like, Anne-Marie's first night was this dinner party at Kyle's, and she was really okay. just thrown to the wolves that night, that I think they were maybe trying to test her as a friend of and then and maybe that was the intention going in and then we're just like we need to kind of you know she's fighting with Sutton she's fighting with Crystal like she kind of earns her spot by the end of it because she integrates a little bit more and that's why we don't see much more of her personal life is because I don't know how much of those scenes they actually even filmed right all right I wasn't sure I wasn't sure but I do want to bring up Sutton before we wrap this up. I know you got something at eight, so I don't want to keep you for too long. But with Sutton, this journey that we've kind of seen her go on over the past few seasons, it seemed to me that tonight was like kind of a culmination of a Sutton that we've been watching for a few years um, as far as holding on to the baggage with her divorce. You know, obviously her father's suicide has affected her a lot. And then Merce, we... I. She might have mentioned him in the past and passing, but not to the extent of how much of an impact he had on her life. So for me, who I know we're big fans of Sutton here to watch this scene where, you know, she's kind of casting everything out, like everything is being released that she can start this new phase in her life. And we've seen her build up her business. We've seen her get way more confident, as Shooter said, kind of get her place in the group where she has friends. She can stand up for herself. She's not 
as fragile as we used to see. So do you think, and we've got people in the comments as well saying, is Sutton the number one girl in the group? Has she taken on that role? Uh, hold on. Uh, just bear with me here. Because Kyle, who for better or worse, has always taken center stage in Beverly Hills, at least recently, because she's been the, the focal point. She's been there the longest, all of that. Do you think that Sutton is going to take or are they trying to make her the focal point this season? Is that production being like, all right, well, as you said, Zach, Sutton's really bringing it. So why don't we hone in on her? But do you think that we've seen her hit her stride where Sutton's going to be not so much a supporting member of this cast, but more of a mainstay? Um, I mean, I think she'll be around for a while, for sure. I think this is her strongest season because this is where we really, we have kind of really gotten her like story. You know, we hear more about her marriage. We hear more about the passing of her father, which in the past we've kind of heard these as like passing things, but we've never really dove into it. And I'm glad that we finally are getting to see this side of Sutton. Um, but I just, I don't think you need somebody to fill Kyle's role, which was even a role LVP had at one point. You have to really be an anchor on the show that I don't think Sutton has the capability of being because, I mean, we even saw, like in Magic Mike, she still has these moments where she gets so flustered or if one of the other women really comes at her and they come at her hard, like if it were Erica, it would definitely rattle her to the point where she kind of loses her cool and she doesn't, she's not able to keep her composure and Sutton's not going to wear the crown of Beverly Hills. And that's fine because I think Sutton has always filled a different role and will continue to fill that role and it'll continue to evolve. But I don't think she's ever going to be that anchor that Beverly Hills needs. I think Garcelle could potentially have that. She has potential, but she doesn't, Garcelle doesn't give us enough personal story and she doesn't get messy enough. Like I said, anytime that anybody has challenged Garcelle in these past few seasons, she immediately goes into this victim role, which shuts, shuts it down, which defeats the purpose of what a housewife show is, which is conflict and resolution, you know? So I don't think Sutton or Garcelle, even though they may be fan favorites at the moment, I just don't think they'll ever really be those anchors of the show. The same way like Dorinda would never be an anchor on New York because she's just too, chaotic you know or why brandy grant glanville could never be an anchor on a beverly hills show like some characters have their role but it's not that main role hey hey it's donna from daily dose of donna every weekday afternoon on the daily dose of donna podcast i cover all of the reality tv and celeb gossip and breaking news i'm a former tv casting director my husband works in reality tv and i live for the housewives the sister wives the southern charmers and the summer housers and let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. That someone like Kyle would be able to carry. I don't even know who would be able to carry it if Kyle were, were to leave yeah. the school. Yeah, that's I the mean, problem. No. We don't really know what it looks like in the next couple of years. And I, I for one, I don't really want to see a world or a Beverly Hills show in which Sutton is the main character, because we've seen that, like we've seen that in a couple of seasons now where she pushes the agenda, she pushes the storylines and it does get tiring. Like she can't, and we don't want one person to do that. I don't care what franchise it is. We don't want one person to do that the entire time. She's not getting enough support, but I also don't think that she can be that center diamond, if you will, that she can really pull the way that the show is going to look in the next couple of years. 
but I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if there's anybody from the outside that you can bring back in. I don't know if there's old housewives that you can bring back in that can change that dynamic. And with Kyle looking like she's kind of done with the housewife run, at least in the next couple of years, unless she has a revitalization, I don't know where Beverly Hills goes with that. Yeah. I mean, Sutton's becoming a Rinna really fast. I don't think people see it yet. Give her two more seasons in this same role where she's the one stirring the pot and the audience is going to turn on her and they're going to turn on her hard the same way people loved Rinna at the beginning and they turned on her by the end of it. Because at some point you can only see them be a one trick pony for so long where they're stirring the pot, asking questions, pushing the narrative, and eventually the audience gets tired of it. I think Rinna got drunk with power for that though. I I don't see Sutton getting drunk with power with that. You do? No, I said that too, that Rinna got drunk. Yeah, I think Rinna, the ego got to Rinna for sure. And social media ended up being her, um, ended up being her, her biggest. I'm not trying to say that Sutton is Rinna, but I'm saying if we keep her in that role, the audience will eventually turn on her the same way they turned on Rinna. Yeah, and I think you're right only because Sutton is great when she's not the mainstay, but maybe that is where the show should lean towards is more of, and I think Danny Pellegrino talked about it in his podcast today, but more of an ensemble where it's like, we don't need to put them above the other ones. Cause it doesn't seem as though anyone's outperforming anyone right now, except for Sutton. But as we just talked about, she's not the main character and doesn't need to be the main character to perform yeah. her best. She doesn't need to be the Kyle Richards of the show. Now, my question for you is, what if you brought Heather Dubrow from like OC and brought her to Beverly Hills? Does that help the dynamic? Would that kind of be more of the same? The hard part with Heather Dubrow is she's also not like she doesn't get messy. You know, she yeah. has the the wealth. I think Heather would probably be like another crystal. Like she can host. Well, actually, crystals can't even host. But like, I think with Heather, Heather has the money. <laughs> knows how to host she knows how to like bring the glitz and glam but that's why heather works on oc because they're in a, you have gina and like they're in a whole lot of glitz and glam on oc without heather dubrow so heather dubrow brings that out of this elegance and this this exuberant wealth um that we don't really need on beverly hills because i feel like enough of them have enough of that money and that's all heather really brings to oc is her fancy pants and i just i don't think that that would work in beverly hills that's fair well, I want to take three questions because I know you got to go. So just really quick from our audience that is listening, here's your chance to ask us or Zach or all three of us some questions. So I'm going to take three of them. I guess I got to look on Instagram too. It's like back and forth. It's very confusing. Again, technical genius, figured it all out. But uh, well, let's hear those questions, everybody. You what they got. What questions do you have? What you got for us? It takes a sec. I think they're slightly delayed. Here we go. Me. Oh, it, it's only fair. It's only fair because I've showed two of hers. So from Karen, who's your favorite cast member this season and why? Um, I mean, who do I think has really outshined everybody this season? I would say Sutton, but my favorite's going to be Erica. This is her redemption season. She won the earring. She's going to Vegas. She's got the residency. It is. Uh, and and I called it at the beginning of the season. For Denise, I was gold. Oh, man. Denise. Is Denise going to come back at all? I, I, I was excited know. for oh, her return to this oh, whole thing. Get the party? 
I saw her at the at the white party. De- Denise will be in the finale. Denise and yeah. both go to the white party. That's what I thought. Oh, oh joy. Yeah, and she brings uh, Aaron, have... who is wearing blue jeans and a brown leather jacket, to the oh, white. Oh yeah. Was the and FBI tracking you? Love that. Probably. Was the FBI there? <laughs> From Charlotte K, are you three going to come to the UK and do a live show? We would love yeah. to. Yeah. I'm sure Zach would as well. Uh, maybe someday. I don't know. I would love I that. Love That'd be incredible. Yes, I'm down for it. All right, we'll do one last one. For everyone other than your own podcast, which ones are your favorite to listen to? Um, uh, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, I like Ryan. Um, Ryan. Good. I don't listen to a lot of other Bravo podcasts. Yeah, we don't have time. Well, not only that, Honestly. but I also don't like to listen to any other creator that's in my category for the sake of like, I don't want to steal anything, like unconsciously, you know, like if you listen oh. to certain people, sometimes you pick on like certain keywords or something or things that they use that I never that's want to do, um, like feel like I'm um, copying anything from them. But I guess the one that I, I don't know, um, I, you know what, lately I've been listening to the Jay Shetty podcast. I know that's not in the Bravo world, but I like to balance all of my pop culture Bravo stuff with when I do listen to podcasts or watch shows, they're like documentaries or like self-improvement podcasts that are boring Good. for most people, but you know, but yeah, no, I'm seeing the live chat. Danny Pellegrino is great. Jolene Lunzer is great. Ryan Bailey's great. Watch what happens. Uh, watch what crap ends. Nick Vile is killing it right now. Yeah, he's crushing. It. He's getting everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm actually with you. No, they we've gotten so many comments that to. people want us to uh, recap it, so we're gonna listen to it. Uh, we saw clips. I can't believe that this is the route that Sandoval chose to go this year. It's fucking baffling. It's so we need to have another live where we talk about that. He was just on Billy Lee's new podcast. I know it was terrible. He did fuck Mary Kill with Sheena Lala and uh, Ariana. Ariana. What are you doing, bro? Like, you're not even trying. Like, you're not even attempting to clean up your image. Like, and then at the same time, he's not leaning into the villain thing either. He's playing victim. It's bizarre. It's fucking nuts. I didn't think he could get any more narcissistic, and yet here he is. It's it's astounding, truly. But uh, that's all I got this evening but thank you for coming out do you have any plugs anything coming up um doing a live show at the bourbon room valentine's day this upcoming wednesday so if anybody's in la or they want to get the live stream pass you can live stream the show if you're not able to attend in person it's gonna be a fun night this valentine's day got a special announcement we're making and yeah stay tuned guys Super exciting. Well, make sure you get those tickets to Zach's show while you're at it. Get tickets to our show too. March 6th. What's up? Oh yeah. City winery, March 6th, Philadelphia. Go get those tickets. It's on a Wednesday night. Come out. Yeah. Right back where it all started. That was our very first ever live show with Zach Peter. He taught us the ropes, which by the way, thank you because we got to our first where we were like the headline and we felt super comfortable. We knew like what to do. We had like a whole like outline and that was 100% because you showed us the rump. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for saying that by the way, because there was another YouTuber that accused me of stealing saying that the live show idea was all his and I stole it. And I was like, listen guys, I've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. I'm happy okay. to spread the love and, and you know, and listen, you guys are killing it. I mean, you just did New York. Now you're doing Philly. Now we're going to do the UK next. 
Yeah, I can't we'll wait be in the UK. That's, we'll be in talks. We'll talk to the prime minister or whoever. <laughs> right? That's how you do shows there. Yeah, that's how we'll talk that works, to the yeah. queen. There we go. Oh, king. Queen? Oh, steel. <laughs> what a way to end it. Well, that's all the time we have tonight. So sorry. Uh, love you guys. Guys, I'm fucking falling apart. Let's end this before it gets worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bye, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> bye. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.